Prepare to enter a world where the silver screen becomes a portal to the unknown. In the eerie realm of haunted movie theaters, reality takes a chilling twist and the spirits of the past materialize in the present. Join us on a hair-raising journey as we uncover the terrifying and bone-chilling true paranormal experiences in the world's most haunted movie theaters. Brace yourself for a roller coaster of emotion as we delve into the darkest corners of these cinematic sanctuaries and witness firsthand the spectral encounters that continue to haunt these hallowed halls. As the curtains rise and the projector hums to life, the very air seems to thicken with a supernatural presence. From the blood-curdling whispers echoing through empty aisles to the unexplained footsteps of long-gone patrons, these movie theaters have become veritable hotbeds of spectral activity. Are you prepared to bear witness to the poltergeist phenomena that have plagued projection rooms where film reels turn by themselves and unseen hands tamper with the equipment? Dare you enter the shadowy balconies where restless phantoms flicker in and out of existence, leaving behind an undeniable sense of dread? So grab your popcorn and your ridiculously priced beverages and discover the untold stories of ghostly apparitions, disembodied voices, and unexplained phenomena that have transformed these once beloved cinematic havens into the stuff of nightmares. Join us as we unlock the secrets of these macabre movie houses, shedding light on the spine-tingling mysteries that have left even the bravest souls trembling in fear. This week we're diving into haunted movie theaters. If you couldn't pick it up from that read-in, I'm not gonna clap when I do that. If you couldn't pick it up from, you know what? This week we're gonna, <laughs> you know what? Welcome to the Freaky Deaky. We'll see you on the inside. You are now entering the realm of the Freaky Deaky, an unsuspecting stop at the crossroads of fantasy and reality, where the frayed edges of make-believe seep into this cookie-cutter, white-picket world you've been led to believe is far from extraordinary. What you're about to hear are true stories. <clears throat> Alleged true stories. Christian, just... <sighs> okay. Tales of the strange and inexplicable thought only to exist in film and folklore. Although difficult to accept, we do not know everything about this reality, about time or space, what lies beneath the ocean's depths. And try though we might, the unchanging truth remains. There are some things we legitimately cannot explain logically. Welcome back to the Freaky Deaky folks. We're here. If you couldn't pick it up from the intro, this week we're diving into haunted movie theaters. This is actually an episode that we have had kind of on the back burner for, what, two years now? Two around a, around two years? Two and a half. Yeah. Originally, when Heather was part of the show, she was working on one. And I think it was like either halfway, maybe, I don't think she finished it, but I had that note sitting in in my notes for a long time. Then I was like, oh, you know what? I'm going to go edit that. I'm going to add to it a little bit, and then we'll just release that. Suddenly, the note wasn't there. Nowhere to be seen. It vanished like a fart in the wind. And I was like, you know what? It's fine. I'll find stories. I can do it myself. And so I created another one. Here we are. Ta-da. Movie theaters. Nothing better than a good movie. For whatever reason, the top of this next bit that I have here 
just the word hotels hotels yeah like that's how tired i am where it's not even there's not a hotel in this entire script but somehow in my mind for just a brief moment while i was titling things instead of putting movie theater or locations or something like that i just wrote hotels i don't have anything funny for that and frequently be sent to Djibouti. Doesn't, <laughs> doesn't really fit, but I figure there's a lot of innuendo. Like we have an innuendo for closing a chocolate factory. Now we can frequently be sent to Djibouti. It just sounds funny. What do you think is next? The beans might come. Uh-huh. <laughs> Man, uh, great way to start this haunted movie theater episode. Djibouti and Bean Talk. We actually did recently have someone named Beans follow the pages. I used to know somebody with the last name of Beans. I was like, I hope he doesn't think that this is an actual Beans Talk radio. Though that would be a good, if we rebrand, we can call it Beans Talk radio. <laughs> it's a double entendre, right? Yeah. Yeah, it would be. Cool. And then at the end of each episode, have a little one minute segment about it. This week's special beans. Mm. <laughs> Lima beans. Wow. Not very special way to start, Christian. No, no, no I don't like lima beans. Uh, if you are new to the show, do us a favor. Follow us on social media where you can also join in the Beans Talk. Beans Talk, Beans Talk. Uh, it's at Freaky Deaky Pod on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. And at TFT Paranormal on TikTok, if that's more your speed. If you have a story of your own that you'd like to share with the show and hear it told in one of our listener story episodes, send that into the gang at thefreakydeaky.com and we'll be in touch. You know what I've noticed the last months hanging out with you in China? I am like You're tired all the time. I'm observing That's never a, good. Sl a sleep deprivation experiment in real time. Wow. Yeah. Aren't you special? Yeah. Pretty mm. soon it'll be should be hallucinations. I do say a lot of weird shit though. Anyway, back to the episode. Be sure to subscribe on YouTube. I know we say it every week that we've got stuff coming, but we really do. We I, it feels like every time we get ahead with episodes, something happens to where we can't record for a couple of weeks, and then we get right back to like the starting point, and it's like we have to build up another, you know, five or six episodes. But we are we do have some plans for some cool video content coming in the very near future, and you guys are gonna want to see that. So also, if you could do us just a huge solid. Whoever you're listening to the show, rate it five stars. We are inching closer and closer to 100 Spotify reviews and actually probably pretty equally on Apple Podcasts. But literally, wherever you're at, just review the show. Give it five stars. You know, we put a lot of work into this and we, it truly is one of the only ways to help us grow the show is you getting the word out to friends and family, rating the show, eating those pesky algorithms as we do. Like and subscribe. I already said that, but Com comment on our videos. We, we try to comment back. Yeah, one of, one of the two of us usually gets back. Sometimes both of us. Yes. Should, should we get into some haunted movie theaters? A couple different takes this week as far as stories go. I have some old school stories from like the early 1900s when, you know, film was popping and it was, it was like, called the cinema or whatever. It was like 200 years ago. Uh, well, your math hurts a little bit, but. Feels like it though. Feels like it. Yes, for sure. For sure. So we got kind of a roundup of different um alleged haunted theaters from the early days and then we also have some more modern experiences from employees of movie theaters and stuff like that that have shared their experiences from their time working movie theaters and you know there is something creepy about a movie theater it's either like the best time of your life but i can imagine if you're working in a movie theater and you know it's closing time closing time and here we go again yeah <laughs> so and you're like hey people you don't have to go home but you can't stay here then everyone goes home and you're sitting there cleaning popcorn and used condoms and bubble gum or whatever off the the floors and one of those things doesn't really happen too often 
Let's hope not. The bubblegum. I imagine it's it's a big empty space and it's dark. It's mood lighting, big empty space. I just, I don't know. And those real rooms, don't even get me started on those, man. Do they don't even, even have real, real rooms anymore? I don't know if they do. I think they do. They still do film, man. It's still, it's still out there. It's I don't know, man. analog. Who knows? Either way, we've got some creepy stories in here. And if you have ever worked at a movie theater and you've had some creepy or some, you know, lore from that theater itself, send it in. We want to hear about it. Probably not going to do a part two, but we'll, we'll get it in somewhere. Yeah, we'll throw it somewhere. This uh, this first one, in essence, these theaters, once vibrant hubs of entertainment, now harbor lingering spirits and eerie occurrences. The first is the Majestic Theater in New York City. I've heard of that one. Established in 1927. Located in the heart of New York City, the Majestic Theater has long been a prominent landmark in the world of entertainment. However... Beneath its glamorous facade, whispers of supernatural activity have persisted over the years. Staff members and patrons alike have reported strange occurrences attributing them to the theater's resonant ghost, known as the Lady in White. Voice of Lady in White. There's man. always a Lady in White. Isn't it weird that people can't come up with different titles for it? What if it's just be like it's a Lady in White because that particular ghost, whenever they went into the spiritual realm just happened to be wearing white so it shows up better with the, with different backgrounds yeah and, maybe there's all kinds of ladies in different colors we just don't see them as easily and it's also we have to bear in mind that it's 2023 are we allowed anymore to say the lady in white or is it the ethereal form in white don't even start that it's lady in white there's no reason to argue about that well christian the assumption is i agree thank you the, the <laughs> assumption is she was wronged in life, so she must have been a lady. Yeah, so you keep saying she. Oof. It's fine. But don't even start. Allegedly. I'll say that for your benefit, not for my own, because I believe it. Uh, in the winter of 1943, during a particularly frigid evening, that means cold. I understand what frigid means. Okay. An usher named Henry Jameson encountered the lady in white. Henry was closing up for the night when he noticed a woman dressed in a flowing white gown sitting in one of the back rows. Concerned for her safety, as you would be if you see someone sitting down, minding their own damn business, he approached her and asked if she needed any assistance. The woman turned to face him, her face pale and her eyes empty. Startled, Henry stumbled backward, but when he regained his composure and looked back, the woman had vanished without a trace. Since then, multiple sightings of the Lady in White have been reported, making the Majestic Theater a chilling destination for both movie enthusiasts and paranormal enthusiasts. Dun dun dun. Yeah, that would be creepy, but also it's on Henry for going up and like approaching the woman, you know what I mean? He was probably just like, oh, she's going to get kicked out of this. Let me buff my chest out. It was funny because he's like concerned with her safety or what. Yeah. He's like, you seem to be sitting there doing absolutely nothing. But. Are you okay? We also know. He was like, ooh, target number one. You know, just because it was. Target back, number one. Yeah. Yeah. Just because it was back <laughs> in the old days yeah. doesn't mean that. Men weren't on the prowl. Oh, it actually means that men were exclusively on the prowl most of the time. He yeah. thought, he's like, oh, I see a woman sitting down. This is undoubtedly a surefire way for me to get laid. That's what I think. It's time. And he moved in and he saw her pale face and sunken eyes and he said, not today. It's not my day. It's not my day. I, I do. The lady in white thing, though. I'm like, There's a lot. It's crazy how many ladies in white there are. Maybe it's like, you know how certain things like old tales or maybe biblical type tales they like mm. kind of have this like archetype that is one thing whether it's evil or or good and the good is always the lady in white so that's mm. through the years we just add i mean that's just general writing through the years not i just do a, say a lot of weird shit though. yeah so so we just transpose that onto the 
more modern tales, especially coming into the late 1800s and early 1900s. It was always Lady in White. I do not agree with that. I think what we have here is a spirit. And the easiest way, like the reason there's so many reports of a lady in white is because it's the least descriptive you could possibly be and still get your point across. So there's probably tons of ghosts that are ladies in white. And that's just the way they're always titled. Like, I saw the lady in white. Like, oh, really? The one and only? Nope, I saw one of 15 billion that roamed the planet. I'm pretty sure there's a trope that's just lady in white. It's like, was it a lady? Check. Was she wearing white? Check. Looks like we got a lady in white situation here. The end. No further looking into it. Nobody could have like dug up and been like, did something happen here? Yeah. Can we call her by her name? Can we add some power to this woman? No, I'm just kidding. And was she wearing white during the right season? Probably not. Yeah. No, it it was absolutely after Labor Day. Is that how it works? I think so. I think so too. Ladies in white specifically, not white ladies, ladies in white. Both actually. If you, you know what? Single, know. single ladies. All the single ladies. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Follow up question. If he liked it, why didn't he put a ring on it? But anyway, this next one, the Grand Rex in Paris, France was established in 1932. You know what Rex is mean? Re- you know what Rex means? Rex. God. Christian, I don't know what you're even talking about. So why don't you spell I, the beans? I feel like Rex is like like king. king? Yeah, that's what it kind of means. Now, you said, I feel like, is this just a vibe that you're riding? Or is this like based on some background knowledge that you might have? I think it's the Roman way of saying like, I don't know. Rex means like a, a, a big deal. So that's an interesting name. Rex, like Tyrannosaurus. Yeah. That was a big deal. It is. Even like though it probably wasn't. King of the dinosaurs. Yeah. So, or king of the Nephilim hybrids that we call dinosaurs, but it's fine. We're not going to, this isn't the episode for talking about hybridization of animals and weird other animals. Hybridiz, hybridization. Sometimes I worry about the words I say. Mm. Uh, you are not alone. Yeah. There's another clip for you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> anyway. Yeah. That's coming in a couple of weeks. It's I was got, just reading that, about it. That. Hmm? I was, oh. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's cool. Hybridization of what though? Us. Oh, with aliens? Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, definitely. So you guys got a little sneak peek into the future. If I decide not to cut that out. It's one of the benefits of not having iced coffee. I can just take a drink whenever. Oh, I can do that as well. Yeah. But you might get mad at yourself when you, uh, smack my lips a hundred times in the microphone. Yeah. Well, I get mad at myself doing just about anything. So why not add one more to the list? You know what I mean? Anyway, talking about dinosaurs and coffee habits, back to the Grand Rex. Paris, France, established in 1932. Situated in the vibrant city of Paris, the Grand Rex stands as a testament to Art Deco architecture and cinematic history. However, beneath its opulent design lies a darker side with stories of ghostly apparitions and spectral whispers that have intrigued visitors for decades. In 1961, a film projectionist named Jean-Luc Dupont experienced a paranormal encounter that left him shaken to the core. As Jean-Luc was preparing a film reel in the projection booth, and for those of you wondering, this is like an Instagram reel, but physical. I'm trying to attract the younger generation. Oh, I get it. Hey, youths. Are you out there listening? We're hip. We're very hip. Anyway, back to the story, I guess. In the projection booth, he caught sight of a figure in his peripheral vision. When he turned to face it, he found himself gazing into the vacant eyes of a disheveled man, clad in ragged clothing. Hey, who hasn't been there? You know what I mean? We've all had weird Tuesday nights. The man appeared translucent, and his form flickered as it struggled to maintain its ethereal presence. Moments later, the ghostly figure vanished, leaving Jean-Luc in a state of disbelief. Many speculate 
that this mysterious apparition is the ghost of a homeless man who sought refuge in the theater during its early years. Well, at least they got his name. You know what I mean? Yes. They're like, hey, this is that homeless guy. That homeless guy. You know what I mean? I mean, yeah. Mm. I totally so It's another it. lady in white situation, except it's a homeless man. No one cares about the names of these specters, apparently. It's just me. Do you ever think that maybe ghosts don't tell people their names? I think that maybe if there's a history to the place, people know the name of the folks. I mean, back then they didn't have the internet to search. You don't know that. There's no way you could possibly prove that, Christian. Uh, I'm pretty sure I don't need to prove that one. Oh, I'm sorry. Were you alive? Actually, yeah, you probably were in October 1947, right? I was not. Yeah, so I guess you probably, if anything, but, you, what, entering high school? I was not, but my mom was alive during that time. Mm. She was a baby. She was a baby. Are you still on that story? I am not, and that was, oh, that was actually 1961, so you were alive. No, I wasn't. <laughs> I was reading the one ahead. I was like, 1947. You know uh, who was uh, hanging out in the Grand Rex back in the day? The German army. Wow. During World War II, used that theater. The German army, huh? Yeah. Well, well technically, that wouldn't have been, that would have been then. Yeah, probably wasn't big enough to house the entire German army. Yeah, exactly. Probably some remnants hanging out, grabbing some Google Strivers. You know what what I mean? the hell is that? <laughs> I don't even think that that's the right word. What was that? Kugelschreiber, right? Kugelschreiber. I've never heard of that. You've never heard of a pen, Christian? And it's it's not. We actually have German listeners, so I probably shouldn't say it with the amount of confidence that I did. Yeah. But I'm almost positive that is at least 90% correct. A lot of syllables there. I don't think it's correct. You know what? You're going to be very embarrassed when you realize that it is at least 90% correct. And then you're going to say, you know what, Scott? I'm going to tell you it's incorrect. We will come back to that. Look up the German word for pen. I'm doing that right now. Scott is so brilliant. I'm just doing that before you find out. That's a good, good idea. Stift. That's incorrect. I think right is schweiven. Schweiven. I'm sorry. Did I say right or did I say pen? I just told you what pen was. It's pen is not schweiven. Unless they changed the German language, again, I'm going into this with a level of confidence unseen by anyone I've in seen recent it history. It's called Noah's oh, Ark. Ark. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the one time, Christian, the one time I can list a million times that... And frequently be sent to Djibouti. Fuck, man, that was not correct. But in all honesty... I think the government... Much better. Yeah. Anyway, uh, to our German listeners who are out there, is Kugelschreiber... Maybe I'm thinking of a different word. I don't want to say it's pen. It's not pen. Kugelschreiber. Ah, it's going to eat me alive for the rest of this episode. I hope you're fucking happy, Christian. You did this, all right? You couldn't just go along with I it and be just... like, you know what? You're right. I don't remember <sighs> that on my Duolingo app. Yeah, let's trust your robot to hit us with the real shit. You know what I mean? Yeah. Anyway, uh, moving right along to the Roxy Theater. So we had the Rex, and now we got the Roxy. Is that That's from Saturday Night Live, right? That would be a night at the Roxbury. Oh, okay. And this is in Sydney, Australia. And this was established in 1930. Deep in the heart of Sydney, the Roxy Theater has witnessed the evolution of cinema from the silent era to modern blockbusters. However, hidden among its storied past lies a collection of ghostly tales that have intrigued theater goers and paranormal enthusiasts alike. In 1956, as a screening of a classic film was in full swing, a projectionist named Michael O'Connor was startled by a flickering light in the projection booth. Assuming it was a technical glitch, he climbed the stairs to investigate. As he approached the booth, he noticed the outline of a young girl standing near the film reels. That's not what you want. Her face pale. Was she wearing white? Her face pale and her eyes sorrowful. Before he could react, she vanished into thin air, leaving him bewildered and trembling. 
I doubt he was trembling, but maybe he was. The apparition of the young girl has since been seen by other staff members and patrons. A lingering reminder of a tragedy that occurred within the theater's walls. Spooky. There's a lot of flickering going on with these specters. Do you think it has anything to do with the technology there? The energy? What if the technology all of a sudden attracted interdimensional entities or whatever spiritual entities? Mm. Look at if I'm learning my lessons. I yeah. said entities. I was, like, I was like, entities? What? <laughs> no bean talk this episode? Weird. Very weird. Maybe all of a sudden it just, all of a sudden there was an alert where all the, the spiritual, I don't know what you'd call them, spiritual things walking the earth saw all this this energy coming out of these theaters and then the intense emotions all gathered in one place that you only would have seen in mm. like sporting events in the past or executions it is so they show yeah. up yeah it is kind of like a lot of emotion in one spot yeah especially and, depending on what you are like you think about horror movies and stuff like there's a lot of concentrated fear in like a 800 square foot room Nowadays, back then, they didn't have necessarily those kind, but it was still a different way for, you know, the people to get together and experience like an, like they say, the best way to watch a horror movie is to go to a theater because then you feed off everyone else's reactions. And, and stuff, that is yeah. true. I, you know, if you there is a difference. Well, I wouldn't be able to tell because your daughter doesn't like scary movies, Christian. And I understand, man. And I have no one to go to, to scary movies with. I just sit there and I go, I'll go to a scary movie with you, man. Yeah. Maybe. I don't get scared. Well, it has to be. A, I mean, when was the like the last good scary movie that came out? You know what I mean? I, a lot of times I haven't seen them in the theaters like yeah. I should have. but Because it, it has such a high risk of being a flop at the end. Like scary movies are hard to kind of nail down. Sometimes you're you, like, what a great movie. And then the last 30 minutes, it sucked. I'll tell you one that got me that I didn't see at the movies that I wish I did was Smile. Smile. Yeah, I had I had heard a lot of good things about that. Very creepy things. And I remember when I saw the trailer, I was like, oh, that looks like something that could give me nightmares for the foreseeable future. There was Sign a, me up. There was a part in there where I'm like, you know, you know me, I'm kind of, I don't necessarily believe in all that stuff, but man, there was a part in there that I did not feel comfortable at, without, at all. Just the image on the screen. I was like, oh my gosh, that's nightmare stuff. That man does not look stable. I, it wasn't even a man. I don't know what it was. The beans might come. That's gross. Not the direction I was thinking with that. <laughs> I was thinking invading beans, but you took it to a level that unfortunately matches our branding more than I'd like. That's what I, I was talking about them. Christian, it's too late. The people already think you're a pervert. Whatever, okay. man. The damage is done. I feel like since we were just talking about the silent film era, I need to throw out a silent film actress. No, and, you don't. And a specific movie that was really good and also really good. It was, uh, I don't know how to explain it, but Louise Brooks mm. in the movie Pandora's Box is a must-see. Must I can almost guarantee that nobody's going to go see that, Christian. Nobody's going to go see it. You say it's, it's not a silent the, movie? Yeah, it's not in the theaters. Yeah. But you can get it online. And mm. the actress was a really fascinating character. And it was actually made in Germany, I believe, by a German director. Of Christian, stop <laughs> pushing your German propaganda on us every week, right? <laughs> Grab a Kugelschreiber. This is before World War II. Oh, okay. So it was okay. No, I'm, nobody hates Germany right now, Christian. Right? They're very fine people, but but you definitely have a German bias in you. Everything, everything's yeah. German bias. That's true. Yeah, that's that's very true. Yeah, I, I we can't were argue. like, hey, where do you? Where does everyone go for lunch? And you're like sauerkraut. And I said, Christian, get out, man. You know, I've never, I, I haven't tried sauerkraut. He said, I want a nice hand twisted pretzel. And I said, you know what? That sounds delicious. Yeah, but that... also, I have to stand by my own. Get out. My mom used to eat sauerkraut. I never would eat it. 
There's nothing wrong with sauerkraut, and actually, I I would probably eat it's it. It's pretty delicious. I I would probably eat yeah. it now. I was saying it more for funny, you know, but it actually is delicious. Is I it? enjoy it. Yeah. Damn it, the Germans got me again. But uh, it is like you to talk about how great an actress is back before they could talk. That's not an actress. That's a mime. Mm. Mm. You'd have to see it. That's a mime, Christian, because there's no audio. You know what I mean? There's no verbal audio. They're still talking. You just can't hear it. Yeah. There's no audio. It's... We wouldn't have Star Wars and Terms of Endearment or any other famous Mm. movie if we didn't start off with silent film. Moving along. Hey, I can grab anything from the past and say we wouldn't have this if it wasn't for that. It doesn't do anything, really. Nobody wants to think about that. That's boring. You know what they do want to think about? This next story, which is we're getting more into modern times. We touched on a few of the old theaters, folks. Christian got to talk about silent films for a moment. He really enjoyed that, I'm sure. But for now, we have a story from Mr. J.I. Or Mr. G. Mr. J.I.? Mr. Cool Guy. Who cares? Let's get into it. Why, why, why? I was a manager at a theater and would also do the basic projection work sometimes. You know, thread projectors and the occasional build-up, tear-down of films. Our setup had a row of four theaters, so we also had a long, dark booth. It was really just a tiny corridor with the projector sitting in it that dead-ended with the projector for Theater 4. What a fire hazard. (laughs) One day, I was alone there in the dark, threading up Projector 3. This thing had a history and everyone knew about it. It would turn on and off by itself. Once it came on and someone unplugged it, but it kept running. Anyway, it was harmless enough, so we just laughed it off. So there I was, threading it up before the first shows of the day when I was overcome with the intense feeling of dread. I felt the temperature drop to frigid just like people describe. My body hair stood on end the whole nine yards. Got nine yards of body hair, my friend? Good grief. Sasquatch. Oh, God. Yeah, hit the salon, you hairy bastard. Anyway... I wasn't on anything and I've never felt something like this before or since. I had a fight or flight moment and ran out of there without looking back. I went into my office and just sat there for a bit. Our projectionist, who had just finished his real projectionist shit he was working on, came in with someone he was training. I told him to take the training and finish up the last two projectors because I'm a little pansy ass. No, just kidding. (laughs) I added that myself. Since it would be good practice for her. It would be good practice. Not that I think there's a ghost up there, but it would be great practice for you to finish the shit that I just ran out of because I was terrified my nine-yard body hair. My 27-feet-long body hairs were on end. So they went off. No need to let them know anything else. Both of them came back into the office pale and looking shocked. They described the same thing I'd felt in the same spot I'd felt it, and they did the same thing and ran. We eventually had to get a fourth person in there, and they had zero issues. I made it a habit to find an excuse to take someone with me whenever I went there after that, but it never happened again. You know what would be an interesting thought? Because, I mean, projectors are kind of loud. There's a lot of different noises and hums and bops and clicks and whatnot. I've never been in a projection room, clearly. I've seen it on projection film. Mm, Yes. I've seen it projected in theaters. For theater, yes. If the three of them witnessed like some kind of infrasound or something like that, if there's like some kind of thing that they reacted to, because no one saw anything, but they all felt like super creeped out and then ran back. And the CIA is right now. Worked with the projectionist. Yeah, three out of four reacted. Let's see the what fourth the fourth one had nothing to live for. They're just like, fuck all this. You know, here's your damn film. What, you want to watch Scooby Doo? All of a sudden, the fourth one dies in a tragic accident. Uh, unbrainwashable. Eliminate. Mm, that's right. 
It just took us into a different dimension topic. <laughs> but it might be true. But it might be true. That's the new name of the show. Welcome to But It Might Be True. I think the government. Mm. Totally. It's I agree. Them. You know what, Christian? I agree. <laughs> I used to work as a late night janitor for a movie theater. Uh-oh. Janitor story. Mm. I've heard talking and whispering in theaters. Cleaning theaters, you would see people out of the corner of your eyes sitting in the seats. My old boss worked at an old location where some of the projector rooms were at the end of an extremely long hallway with basically no lighting at the end, so it would get progressively darker as you walked down it. Creepy. He said you would feel like you were being watched the entire time and that it would get worse the closer to the end you got. This is very similar to that, that previous story. And projector rooms, apparently most of them are creepy like this. Yes. Like if someone was standing at the end of the hallway staring at you as you walked towards them. The theater I worked at was split into two halves with one dark hallway on each side and a bright hallway in the middle. There was a hallway that cut across and connected all three of these. Many of the staff reported being alone and seeing a person across the threshold of the dark hallway on the opposite side. Lights would turn off and on on their own. Each of the theaters has its own small emergency exit hallway. If anyone opens the door, it sets off the alarm. I've seen people walk around a corner in one of these and followed them to tell them they need to leave only to find an empty hallway. We've also had the alarms go off on their own multiple times. The worst are the real people, though. That is true. That's... Real people suck. Let's get it out there. Yeah, I'm the one. I say that often. That is true. You but do. I also like everybody, so it's so, kind of a conundrum. Right. Yeah, I mean, what better way to get your point across by immediately taking it back? True. Imagine having your back to a massive pitch black glass window vacuuming at 4 to 5 a.m. only to hear a loud thud pounding against the glass behind you. You turn around to see a face staring at you right behind the glass. It turns out to be someone who forgot their phone or something and decided they needed to get it in the middle of the night instead of waiting until morning. Sometimes we would leave life-sized cardboard standees in the emergency exit hallways to fuck with the other cleaners. I would totally do that. Yeah, that's pretty fucked up. Imagine turning a blind corner to find Mr. Bean staring right in front of you. Oh, great Bean reference. That the is, beans might come. The Mr. Beans might come, yeah. He's he's a... I like Mr. Bean. He's an interesting lad. Yes. Ah, oh, man. Janitor stories. We gotta do another janitor episode. That shit was bomb. <laughs> that shit was so good. They see weird stuff. I can tell yeah. you, like, when I worked up in Prudhoe Bay, the janitors would talk about this, the gym that they cleaned... Yeah. They would feel like people watching them from upstairs on the running track and hear things and see see things out of the corner of their eyes. So isn't that kind of creepy? Like yeah. the the feeling of being watched is so tangible most of the time that it's almost like irrational. Where it's like, there's no reason I should feel this. I see nobody, but I can still feel it. And you know exactly where it's coming from too. Most of the time you can turn around and be like, feels like someone's watching me from over there. And what's it really it would be really creepy because the gym at this camp was pretty big like i said it had upstairs and it had a track there and a mountain climbing upstairs or a mountain climbing whatever you call it upstairs yeah that's a large james yeah and it is spooky i've been in there at two and three in the morning it is definitely a spooky place out yeah. in the middle of nowhere in mm. negative 30 outside so you can't even run outside if you see a ghost it's i know, you're just stand in the corner like hey it's a little chilly out there man Mind if I just hang out here until you're done with your spooky stuff? Every once in a while, someone dies of a heart attack. Well, that happens in the regular world as well, though. Yeah. 
but it's not a Prudhoe Bay exclusive, Christian. Maybe, you know? It's um, maybe a haunted part of Prudhoe Bay. Mm. People see a ghost and just kill it. I mean, you look, anything's possible at this point. Anything. Peace on Earth? That's not possible. That's probably pretty far off. I feel like we're going in a different direction. Yeah. We thought about the peace on Earth and we said, you know what? Let's do the opposite. Yeah. Makes more sense. And money. It does make more sense than money. And sense is actually part of money. Exactly. I worked at a movie theater running the booths upstairs. Are you seeing a theme? I am seeing a theme. Mm. The projectors are upstairs, obviously, in a long corridor. I feel like every one of these stories starts the exact same. But they're kind of designed all the same, I know. Too. Yeah, it's a movie theater. Of course, like, everyone has to describe what it looks like. And everyone's like, hey, yeah, no, we've heard about movie theaters. But it is weird that the correlation between these rooms having, like, just wherever you're working, these rooms have a creepy vibe to them. Which kind of brings us back to that energy thing. Like, it could be, it's sucking a lot of power up there, number one. So it could be enough for some spectral intervention you think about inglorious bastards in their i do often their uh what a film room or projection room mm. scene is like you kind of see where some of these vibes come from that was a totally different style of movie yeah but it was kind of you you got the feeling he knew exactly what a movie a projection area looked like in the path up there by the way he filmed that Ariba Derchi. <laughs> oh my yeah. gosh good one you even said it right or the way he said it i wrong. know yeah <laughs> I said it wrong, but in the in the style of Brad Pitt, sure. Yeah. At night, after the last showing in each theater, you shut off the lights to the to that theater and the small one over the projector itself. Then you cover the platters to protect from dust. At least we're getting a little little more information. It's a little more educational in this one. Right. It's not so bad the first few because at least the lights of nearby projectors are still on for the theaters that are still running. But as you shit each one, I think that meant to be shit. Yeah, I was going to be like, shit. As you shit on each one, wow, dude, it was started so nice. But as you shift each one off one by one, the corridor gets darker and darker, and that little viewing window into each individual theater is pitch black. That dull, steady, whirring noise you've tuned out all night is gone and is now replaced by absolute silence, and there's hardly any light left anymore. Just the lights at the end of each corridor where you sit in between each start time. It's spooky enough is what I'm saying, but one particular night I'm throwing the covers over one of the platters and I casually glance up into the viewing theater window across the way, and there's a face. It's a little boy's face, and it's sheet white. I know what I saw. I'm sure there's an explanation for it. Oh, Christian wrote this. And there's nothing supernatural about it, but there was a face, and it scared the absolute shit out of me. It made an already unsettling environment that much more terrifying the rest of the time I worked there. Also, for the record, inside the actual theater, these windows are a solid 8 to 10 feet above the seat backs in the highest row. So if someone was playing a prank, they'd need a ladder, and even then, they'd have nowhere to set it. So the gist of this story is, I saw a boy's face. I'm sure there's a totally rational explanation for it. The child of maybe 5 or 6 years had to have been 8 to 10 feet tall. And there's the rational explanation for it. You're welcome. I don't think he had to be 8 to 10 feet tall. He had to be floating 8 to 10 feet up in the air. I know, but that's what I'm saying. Yeah, that's not a rational explanation at that point. That's a paranormal explanation. That does seem like... So, so people that say, oh, I'm sure it's a rational thing. I'm sure something like... And then have no way of actually coming up with any thesis on it where it's like, oh, this was rational. Sometimes people have to say that so they can sleep at night. But They'll tell themselves there's a rational explanation, even though they 
he did not list any rational explanation. That is true. You that know? is true. And there's no rational explanation for a, a, the face of a child. Being eight, eight to ten feet in the air. Yeah. 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 I know. Yeah. So, I mean, it definitely wasn't a paranormal experience, but this child's face was eight to ten feet up in the air looking at a window. Definitely not paranormal because paranormal stuff doesn't exist. But that happened and that was weird, right? God, those people get on my nerves, man. It is a weird way to explain it. I mean, it's fine to look for the rational explanation, but... But when you can't find it, admit it. I mean, you're telling a story. People can come up with their own rational explanation. If you're going to tell a story like this, don't worry about what people think of you, to where you have to throw that out to feel better. That's true. That's I, true. I believe in rational things, and I sit here and we talk about this stuff all the time. It's, mm. you know, I get made fun of a little bit and ridiculed for the way I talk, but, you know, some things are just still irrational. I agree. I do agree, too. I do say a lot of weird shit, though. Mm. No, it's mm -hmm. very rational stuff like that guy we just talked about. I disagree. Do you ever have happen to mention to your wife you were doing this episode? Yes. Does she have any stories? No. Since she worked at a theater. Yes. And Which, I didn't actually mention this episode. I mean, I think I asked her about because I know she worked at theaters, but... Your wife has, your wife, my wife hasn't paid attention to this podcast since like episode two. So we are about 147 episodes since the last time she listened to the show. So it's the point now where I, we have inside jokes in this podcast and I will blurt them out randomly throughout the day because they're always in my head constantly. Right. And she'll look at me like, what the actual fuck are you talking about? And I'm like, oh, you don't understand quality bean content or why I'd be laughing at a Bush's baked beans ad. You don't get it. You're an outsider now. I think and that's just the way it goes sometimes, folks. I think it's offensive that you laugh at me for that. And you make I think it's offensive and not whole, to laugh at and that. The, the internet sees it. I know. It's very memeable, Christian. And there's That's even a short film. Laugh. I know. Who there's a very short film. Who would ever think I'd be famous over something like this? Well, I did when I was like, oh, he likes to say beans a lot. It's time to get this going. That was past Christian. He's learned. And future Christian knows that the beans might come from where? Obviously, they can. <laughs> Oh, yeah, that's or true. Or bag, I guess, if they're dried. I thought they were produced by cows. This next one is from Classroom Comedian. It's me. I used to be a manager at a local movie theater. Well, really phoned in that theater word. I was like, a movie? Yeah, from a local movie theater. And we had some spookery afoot. Ooh, that's a good word. Afoot? No, spookery. The theater was relatively new. As was the road it was on, the area was developed in the late 90s, but before the area was developed, it had been farmland. The street that the theater, as well as a bunch of shopping centers and a Walmart, was on was where an old farmhouse was, and sadly, and very much like a horror movie, the farm had been home to a very brutal family murder. The father killed the whole family and then himself. So I started work at the theater in 2007, and immediately, new employees were told about the ghosts. I've worked in a bunch of places and most have some legend of a haunting, but every single employee affirmed that A, the theater was haunted, and B, there were multiple ghosts, and C, they were so prevalent that you would get used to it very quickly. And they were not wrong. Theater 12 was the most haunted place in the theater. It was a benevolent haunting, it never seemed malicious, but it was certainly there. A girl died in there in the second year of the theater being open. She fell from the row of seats above the ramp, way into the theater, and landed on her head. Ouch. Mm. No more jumping on the bed, am I right? She was playful <laughs> and, 
<laughs> yeah, classic. <laughs> uh, she was playful, and once you accepted that there was a ghost, it didn't really bother you. She would knock armchairs down, ushers had to walk through and put them back up, and open and close doors. The first time I really accepted she was there involved those damn armchairs. I had just gone and put them all up when one fell. I put it back up, and the armchair next to it fell. And then the whole row fell. Scary, but once you figured out it was a kid playing, it was somehow less scary. She'd also listen. If you told her you were scared, she would stop. That's very kind. Excuse me, tiny lady ghost. You're freaking me out. You just hear it from the corner. Oopsie, sorry. Yeah, why, why are you not wearing white like all the other ghosts? Yeah, get your shit together. You're young. The upstairs was haunted by a man. Nobody knew who that was, but everyone thought it was the dad that killed the family. That's a weird first thought to jump to. Makes it it's more cinematic that way. It is a little more cinematic, and that's what we're going for in this episode. All I know is that that one was angry. The girl was playful, and you never felt scared when her things were happening. She wasn't stuck in Theater 12, but that was where she was most prevalent. The one upstairs slammed doors, held doors closed when you were trying to leave, creepy, and constantly turned lights on and off. The lights were the worst part. The upstairs booth was one long room with all the projectors. Hey, can you guess it? Let's visualize the layout before they even say it. And the lights were on each side of the room. So when they went out, you had a 30-ish second walk to turn them back on. You could just feel someone there with you. And it was the feeling of being in a room with someone that is very angry with you, but not saying anything. Oh, it's like being in a relationship. People said they saw things fly across the room off desks and I never saw that, but the lights and the doors were enough. Spooky. In my mind, the, the angry guy upstairs was mad because he was cursed through eternity to sit there and watch the daughter he took out of this world dancing and frolicking down below, flipping him off every once in a while. But that wasn't the same girl. That wasn't his daughter. That was just a girl that died in the theater. All the uh, Hey, man, little girls... There's a union in heaven wow. where they all hang out and mm -hmm. flip off the people that treat them wrong. Christian, I think you have a very interesting view. It's a cult. We just talked about it. My That was my cinematic view of a ghost story in heaven. I do say a lot of weird shit, though. Mm -hmm. Yeah. The story's better if he's... If you make up shit for it? No, if he's tortured by the, by the soul he took out of the world or the sisterhood. You know, The sister of what? The traveling pants? No, no, the sisterhood of the traveling ghost. We they okay. traveled to movie theaters because I wow. looking into this this episode. Uh, the, the story is every theater has a ghost, mainly a projection room or anywhere, but most the projection room is probably one of the darkest places so you'd see it because the other parts of the theater, I mean, can be dark, but a lot of times when the workers are in there, it's kind of there's some lights on. We'll leave the lights on for you. You do the rest. Yeah, sometimes I just like to sit here and let you just ramble. Yeah, like it goes from weird to being even weirder. And then you're like, oh, could this possibly go any weirder? And you're like, yeah, actually, it can give me a few minutes. That's the way. And then I'm like, okay, let's see. Let's see where this plays out. And by the end, it's just a can of beans. And you're like, wow. And then you finish it off with, I think the government. And I'm like, yeah, sure, why not? And our listeners think the same. I, I, I know the they government do. as well. But Every all of us collectively. I request the cone of silence. Hmm. Beautiful. I don't think it's beautiful. I don't know what happened to my pinky. You just hurt yourself by making a fist? No. That's, I, oh, I almost wonder if it was like a bug bite or something, like right on the knuckle. Fucking mosquitoes. We did go traipsing around yesterday. 
Yeah, there's a lot of trapes in being had around. Anyway, we got one short story to kind of close this out, and it's from Darwina. I worked at a theater, and we had a man in the booth as well. Christian, I could have made you guess what the theme of this story would be, and I almost guarantee you would have said there was a man in the booth. But it's, I didn't. it's just, you know, it's like the man in the mirror. It just has to be. The man in the booth. Yeah. Why not? We had a man in the booth as well. He was called the Whistling Man. Uh-oh. Speaking of that, there's this, you, you know there's a superstition about whistling backstage. Yeah, you mentioned that in our Whistling at Night episode, which surprisingly did very well. And we neither of us expect, expected that, I think. But turns out people are super into whistling. He was called the Whistling Man because he would never whistle. No, I'm just kidding. It's because <laughs> he whistled, folks. You get it. When no one else was around. Before the mall was built in the late 80s, there was a body found on the premises, shoved into an oil drum. Damn. Mm, pretty dark. Pretty dark in there if the lid was on. His body was never identified and his murder never solved. So here I am joking about it. It's fine. It's okay, everyone. Another successful serial killer. Wow. <laughs> you would. <laughs> so we theorized that he haunted the mall and the movie theater by extension. Personally, I don't think his presence was very benign because he left a feeling of unease in the booth. It's what a lot of gangster rappers do too when they leave. You walk in the booth and you're like, wow, there's a little, it's a little uneasy in here. That man does not feel stable. They have not had that experience yet. Mm. Anyway, back to the whistling. Since we are in the days of film, we were allowed to preview the films after they were built to make sure that there weren't any bad splices and the movie was put together properly. Since me and another manager built up the films on Thursdays, we were usually in charge of these viewing parties. One night, we went up to the booth to close up after viewing something. It was about 3 a.m., never a good idea, and the booth was silent. We were standing in a circle, talking, and we hear some distinct whistling coming from nowhere and everywhere. Creepy. We immediately bolted. We also had one particular auditorium that gave off a bad vibe. When we checked the theaters at night, we always did this one last because it was just a feeling of unease and heaviness. As far as we were aware, we did not have any deaths. We would see movement and hear things in the darkness as we were leaving. Several years after my theater closed and then reopened, it was bought out by another chain. I went back and casually asked one of the employees if they had any experiences. I did not mention anything as I didn't want to influence them. One of the workers mentions the exact auditorium being creepy, that none of them like cleaning it after hours or going into it after hours. It was impossible they would have known this beforehand as none of the people from the old theater stayed when the new company took over. So essentially, a whole new crop of people were hired. And I also have so many stories about this place. But I will not share any of them because that would be too easy for Scott, who's going to read this in the future and wonder about the other stories. The end. It's just proof that we should not be entertained by things like that because mm. the devil the devil, will come into Theater 12 and make it a dark and foreboding place. Mm. The good Christian way of entertainment is execution. <sighs> you know what? I agree. There it is. <laughs> yeah. There it is. It had to be said, and Christian did it. Why do you think so many stories throughout the, the world of the cinema or movie theaters or even any kind of theater being haunted. What are your theories? Being. No. Honestly, 
I have no idea. Like the projection booth angle, I guess I kind of understand it. But at the same time, if like for the people that didn't actually see something and just more or less felt a presence there, I could see it being like a type of infrasound or something similar to like the original infrasound with the fan or whatever that was that was going and caught or made people freak out. And just as you know, we alone have sat in this room and put infrasound on stories while we're reading them and forgot that we did it and been freaked out by it. You know yeah. what I mean? So like I could see that being a thing like maybe it's just a certain uh, tone that gets hit or something in those rooms that freaks people out. But the ones that like, I mean, that last story with the whistler and stuff like that, that's a little that's a little harder to explain away as something as easy as a, you know, tone or frequency. But I do think that like there's a lot of energy in those rooms. Those projectors are pretty fucking large, you know? At least, I don't know, now, like modern time, I'm pretty sure they still cut films though, right? Like, I don't think it's all digital now. I have no clue. I think it goes, I think it's different in different theaters, to be honest. Maybe. But I mean, if someone does know, if someone's aware of that, like, feel free to write in and let us know and give us your thoughts on what you think, why these things, these, especially these booths could be haunted or eerie, I guess, outside of the dark, like the, the vibe, I guess, feels right. It feels like a place where you'd be like, oh, this is kind of creepy in here. It's all dark. But if it is paranormal... I do think that in theory, ghosts draw off energy, right? Spirits or whatever draw off energy. So it would be a lot of concentrated energy in these rooms, be a lot easier for them to manifest or however it works. Look, guys, I'm not someone that just makes up shit. Like if I have a theory that I think sounds right or could work, then I'll say that, but I'm not just going to, you know, pull it out of my ass and be like, this is what it is, folks. It's similar to Monsters, Inc., the premise on that film, but it's in a theater with a different, not children's energy, typically. The it's, energy of low-paid teenagers. Yeah, or whoever else mm. visits the theater. Sometimes That's it's true. Star yeah. Wars people. Sometimes it's Friday the 13th people. Star Wars people. And then sometimes the best hauntings comes from the Pixar crowd. Anyway, that pretty much wraps up the episode, folks. Dun, 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 dun. Wow. That kind of fits. Yeah, kind of a little bit. Have you ever had an eerie experience in a theater? I feel like yes, but it could just be the vibe. Again, it's a large room, and if you're in there alone or just with like one or two other people, it's you feel small. You know, you feel there's just something off about it. And I don't know fully what it is to to try to like express it, but yeah, I've been in plenty of movies where it's just me or like some other people, like a couple other people down further, and, and you feel alone. So I can imagine cleaning those places at night would be terrifying. But I, I've ne never seen like an actual ghost or anything like that in a movie theater. I've seen them, but only on on, on, on the screen. Yeah, yeah. I've never felt out of sorts at a theater, but I, I you have felt in sorts. Usually, if it's a good movie, there's been a couple of them though. Uh, it's like wished I didn't pay for. Yeah, Sisterhood of Traveling Pants. Yeah. Mm, I never saw that one. Mm, I saw the the ticket stubs from 2003, whenever it came out. Wow. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you didn't think I noticed them, but you got them into your schedule board. Why did you go to that movie? Was it a girl? Yeah, it was okay. the girl. Give us your thoughts. What do you folks think? Are these movie theaters haunted or is it just a culmination of weird energies? Or again, is it some kind of infrasound situation where these people are exposed to a, a specific frequency that happens to freak them the hell out? I got it. I just came up with a theory. Oh, God. So it's an energy thing. Okay. So whoever's feeding off this energy... Mm -hmm would build a, a building for film projection that is a portal to send this energy to whatever entities feed mm -hmm. off of it, but mm -hmm. they can transport it over large areas of space because they're in a theater. So theaters naturally attract spirits because of that type of energy. 
And who's at the top of this chain? Would you say that it's a... A supreme being. I, that's exactly what I would say it would mm. be. At least that's how we would look at it. Yeah. And they live in a can. Wow. Like, like all beans. Very cool. Yeah. We're going to have to have our own VeggieTales type show, but it's just going to be bean talk. A lot of weird plans in the works for this show. It's going to get very off the rails. All of a sudden, we're like, we have our, our separate cooking channel today. Yeah. Today's bean recipe. Mm. Refried beans. And what, it's, a, what a horrible horrible episode that would be just just making refried beans it sure has been been getting on your nerves eat some of these refried beans and then go to sleep and just yeah how about you have these four times refried beans do they do four times refried you can refry beans as many times as you want they're still refried beans so i mean wouldn't you just throw it in the microwave instead of refrying it i don't know christian some of us like to add some pizzazz to our meals okay i actually don't eat those either do i we're both talking about something we have no idea about somewhere someone is listening to this and they're being like you guys have no idea we're talking about a totally different thing that comes from outer outer space mm. alien beans that, those are my favorite kinds those are the ones we found it perfect yeah perfect uh when you're out camping and you just throw one on the on the fire and have it for dinner later i actually think you're both you're talking about a magical bean but that's neither here nor there that's the end folks i have no idea how to close this out my think, elbow hurts you didn't need to hear that do you think the aliens would come abduct me if they heard that i was talking about roasting them on an open fire uh if it's around christmas time probably mm-hmm. my beans roasting <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we need to have a Christmas album too. You know what, guys? Way off the rails. We have a lot of things in the work. None of them are going to be like the others. Find us on social media at Pod on Instagram, Facebook, YouTube. Like and subscribe. You know the drill. If you guys could send the show to one or two friends or family, or if like you have like a brother or sister or a grandma that pisses you off and you know that they hate this type of material, send it to them. Ooh, that's a nice one. Yeah. Say hi. This will show you. Uh, we'll see you right back here next week. This is actually, should we have a moment of silence? Because this is the end of seasons for the Freaky Deaky. This episode right here, episode 42 of season three, is the end of the season-based content. Usually every year we do a summer break, and then we'd lead into a third, fourth, fifth, whatever season, and we decided to do away with it. Summer break is no more, and we're going episodic because next week is episode 150 and from there it's going to be all numbered folks it's going to be numbered and we're taking things in a slightly fresher direction i have trusted you to be able to count these these episodes you think i can count these no luckily that shows me how many episodes there are like when i upload stuff i feel a little bit better then yeah i was like oh god i'm going to count i did not watch enough sesame street for that but that's just beside the point uh next week is episode 150 and we are actually going to be debuting the first episode of something that is eventually going to be a YouTube show called Sleep with the Lights On. So it's just going to be scary stories. I don't don't sleep with the lights on. But you will after you hear this next one. Episode 150 is coming in hot next week. We're doing episodic. We appreciate everyone that has been along for the ride. It seems very crazy to have 150 episodes under our belt. But the bags under my eyes see it as a high possibility that that number is correct. And that's fine, folks. I do it for you. Now you do it for us. I actually look at, look forward to looking. I look yeah. forward to hanging out with our listeners each each time we record. Yeah, they're all in the room with us in spirit, which is spooky. One of these days we're gonna have to go on tour and see meet some of these these listeners. I mean, yeah, seems like everyone else is doing it. Why can't we? Oh, I know, <laughs> uh, finances. But that's fine. At some point, you know, I have faith. We'll get out there. I have faith that goes to real. Huh. 
That's all we needed to hear, folks. Pour in the money to the show now, Christian Believes. And if you could, on the tour, if there's one spot that you'd like to go, where do you think it'd be, Christian? And frequently be sent to Djibouti. He wants to frequently be sent to Djibouti, folks. You heard it here first. Hey, Scott, Djibouti is underrated. Djibouti is always underrated, my my man, all right? We work these glutes like crazy, constantly. What are you talking about? Huh? Oh, anyway, (laughs) we'll see you guys next week. Episode 150 of the Freaky Deaky. Rate and review the show, please. We love you. Goodbye. I request the cone of silence.